Hi, this is Nathan. Welcome to the WADFAM Chalk Pod. Hello and welcome to the WADFAM Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, this week we are joined by special guest... Nathan Haverstick. Woo! Hi, Nathan. Welcome back. Hey, boys. <laughs> This is this is your second episode appearing as as a guest. You were our first guest. Woo-hoo. Um, the people hear you most every week doing our intro and outro. Indeed, they do. My voice sounds probably different right now. I don't know. Let us know in the comments. No, it's um, true. It's less expressive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've noticed that there's a lot of emotion in your voice during those intros and outros. Well, I mean, I try to make everything as well enunciated and clear as possible, so I <laughs> suppose we appreciate you, you for it. Yeah. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Friendship. <laughs> what episode are we talking about today, Dylan? We are talking about episode 164, 60s something. That we That's are. That's 60s something. <laughs> Hey. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> this one's a lot, guys. Like, yeah. I haven't listened to Odyssey since uh, the last episode I was on. <laughs> and since the Popsicle Kid. Since the Popsicle Kid, which was significantly less uh, annoying jarring. than this one. <laughs> I don't know. Popsicle Cabrera, the weirdest kid in town. Yeah, that one felt more like an episode of Odyssey that I that I remember from my childhood. This one feels like something I erased. Yeah. Right, right. So, like, my history with this episode is that I don't think I ever heard it as a kid, or I just never thought about it again after hearing it. Um, and then a couple years ago, when I was going through an archive of of Odyssey episodes, saw this title and was like, oh boy, what could this be? And so I gave it a listen, and it has not left my mind in, like, the two years since. Yeah. So now we're doing an episode on it. Sorry, everyone. It's, uh... (laughs) This is gonna be a modesty is the best policy type situation. Another one of those. (laughs) I, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting it. I've been, been, like, doing scholarly research, so I don't sound like an idiot when I rip on this. (laughs) I have so much appreciation for that. So, so the basic premise of this episode is that Odyssey is deciding to take down the 1960s in an episode that first aired August 24th of 1991, which is over 20 years after any year that started with a six and over 30 from 1960 itself. Yeah. Slightly, slightly late to the party. It's written and directed by Paul McCusker, (laughs) who was born in 58, meaning he was a child in the 60s. So what we're getting here is what his parents told him about the 60s and what his conservative upbringing told him, right? That is literally the extent of it. That's all it sounds like. Like, there's not... There's not an argument outside of the central, well, this seems bad. Yeah. Well, there's just this idea that, like, I don't don't quite understand what this episode 
about the 60s is mad at, right? So if they're mad at the drugs... Precisely, thank you. Like, if they're mad at the drugs, drugs are not a 60s exclusive thing. Maybe that was a predominant culture, and if you want to live in a world where you believe uh, that drugs didn't exist before that and didn't exist after that, you're just wrong. So, like, that's fine. But um, tell them exactly how wrong they are, Andrew. Drug <laughs> use peaked in 1981. That's both <laughs> cocaine and marijuana and LSD peaked well after the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is. But it was during Reagan, so, like, we don't care. I just, <laughs> I just, like, I, I want to know whose idea That's not even this true. episode I don't know was. was president. He was president in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Just all of them. Um, <laughs> but, like, I I have to know if, like, I don't know how Odyssey was being written, especially, you know, at this time, which is, like, their second or third year of doing the show. Like, did Paul McCusker just have this idea on his own? Mm-hmm. Or did someone, or did it come up in a writer's room? Or did, like, focus come and say like hey man do this because the thing is i'm usually pretty good with paul mccusker episodes yeah he and i get along well enough yeah i like definitely agree there are always exceptions to that i mean he did also do modesty is the best policy so like he's not a man without (laughs) fault (laughs) by any means but i don't I don't quite get what the point is. Is is like was the conversation we want to condemn drugs, so let's make an episode about the sixties, or was it it's the nineties and kids these days are looking back on the sixties fondly. We need to correct that. Like I Oh, this and, episode. And the Which I that they th- like attack about the sixties are very uh, sporadic. Like, and not like it like, seems at the beginning like all right this is an episode about like drugs and then right. like the band that Rathbone hires fails because of alcohol <laughs> and then like so many other problems that come from not drug things are like yeah. the things that are bad about this episode you know yeah well and also like the things that they pick at about the 60s i'm like what about the civil rights movement and like you know all of that segregation uh the vietnam war those weren't great and odyssey does talk about it but they talk about it negatively saying that there's a guy who ran away because he didn't want to fight in a war which i get it (laughs) yeah i don't want to fight in the war either like Wit, Wits, yeah, because what Wit's son Jerry was in was in Vietnam, and yep. and Plato, um, his friend, rows a boat across to Canada yep. to escape the draft. Yep, that's an episode we will probably never talk about. Yeah, no, um, it, but like, I just don't understand what their beef is. I I get I get the general concept, and and there are parts of it that I think are redeeming. From a Christian perspective, I understand how you could look at a movement that is purely human-centered in efforts to make increasing peace, love, and prosperity as something that's like, oh, this is a vain effort that's only going to blow up in their face. And, like, I get how you could look at that, but I'm also coming at it from a place of 
I don't feel comfortable telling anybody who's trying to make peace, like, without, like, like hurting anybody, that that's a wrong thing. Like, if you're promoting, you know, diversity and love and peace and equality, like... I, I'm not sure what god you worship, and I'm not entirely sure that I care, because I don't... I just think that those things are good, and I think that they're emblematic of a god. And they're they're kind of counter to Wit's character throughout the rest of this thing, right? He's supposed to be sort of the champion for love, and I suppose maybe Focus on the Family only makes him the champion for love from god or to god, but... uh. I don't know. It feels weird hearing opinions like that from from Wit. Yeah. This yeah. You know what? Let's let's roll the promo so we can get into the body of this episode yeah, let's because do it. like yeah, I've got strong feelings about uh a lot of Wit stuff in this one. So, let's see how Focus marketed this show in 1991. Morning, dudes! It's love, beads, and flower power. Hey, peace, man. On the next Adventure in Odyssey. Be cool and twist and shout. Bart Rathbone. I am hip. Launches a return to the 60s movement. Yeah, like groovy, man. But is it really groovy? Ugh, so much for the 60s. Next on Adventures in Odyssey. So, so the, the, I don't think an Odyssey promo has ever sold us solely on the character of Bart Rathbone before. <laughs> yeah. But I love that it's all just from his perspective. Because he's such a bit player in the episode. Yeah, okay, because that, that is a question that I had after <laughs> listening to this. I was like, I don't remember Rathbone being much of a character in my, you know, looking back on my 10-year-old listening to Odyssey phase, but... Does he like what? What is he? What does he do? He runs in, uh, the Electric Palace. He he's, yeah. he runs for mayor at some at a, one point. Uh, he gets involved with Blackguard and stuff. But yeah, he he basically runs their version of a Best Buy. He is he is the small town liberal villain. Yep. Okay. His he's got the energy of a used car salesman. He's I gathered always, that. <laughs> <laughs> he's always trying to like make a buck and like rip someone off. Okay. Um, and he's the closest thing Odyssey has to like a normal person who is consistently a bad guy. All right. Um, I guess Crime Brian Dern's maybe the other one who kind of falls into that camp. But like most of the villains are not like feel like they're out of a comic book and bart's like oh yeah he's that sleazy guy in your town who everyone hates okay i i'm glad that everybody's supposed to hate him because yeah. also his son is rodney rathbone i did leader of the bones of wrath i did know and, that uh, connection yes <laughs> namer of popsicle cabrera the weirdest kid in town legends from that family apparently <laughs> clearly so <laughs> So, I like... Right, so this episode that will become a condemnation of drug use, maybe above all else, starts 
with Chris and yeah. then Wit making fun of fashion. Yeah. Yeah, that's the strangest part of this. For me. And I would say that the really interesting thing is, so, like, I get it looking back, like, oh, man, look at those crazy, like, that's definitely, this was in the 90s, and I think that's what we have to remember, but it's really funny to listen to it now because there is such a resurgence in, like, 70s culture amongst a lot of young people, at least in my area, like, I don't know, and 60s and 70s, like, nobody looks at that fashion and thinks, yeah, they look stupid. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's not true. That's that's a generalization. I will go. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm happy to call people stupid. I just think it's weird that it's, like, the focus of the episode. Because Chris is, like, her her whole thing at the beginning is, like, you know, back in the 60s, the style and the attitudes were all pretty wacky. Uh Uh-huh. I love that word. (laughs) Well, and and the attitude that this episode takes towards it is that, like, they're the moral authority on this and, like, they're – that – the ideology of the 60s is just incredibly out of touch with reality. Like, the music, the artists, all this stuff, all the drugs, like, they're just, they're, they were just out there, and maybe they had good ideas, and maybe they had bad ideas, but they were just, you know, they were on another planet. Like, they were ridiculous. I mean, look at their clothes. Yeah, and they cite, like, Wit says, and I'm sure we'll get to this later, but he says something about, like, living without consequences, or maybe it's, maybe it's Jim towards the end. And it's like, well, they did live without consequences, maybe because, like, there was a potential future in which the world stopped the next day. (laughs) Like, there was an actual threat of imminent destruction for their entire childhood. I'm talking more about, like, boomer generation. Right. Born right after World War II. Yep. And I think being unable to empathize with that emotion is one of the cornerstones that make this episode quite misleading and a bit manipulative (laughs) (laughs) and fair enough so the episode begins with connie running into wit's end and screaming at him to come out and watch the remember the 60s parade yeah and wit launches into not only like the most preachy he's ever been at like his first scene but also like one of the most pre- most preachy things he's ever done, period. Like, it is astounding how, like, hot out the gate he comes in this episode. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if he's a surrogate for Focus on the Family and whatever and the writing of this episode, they look at it like it's just stupid. Like, <laughs> completely worthless and unintelligent. <laughs> It's very belittling. Yeah, I'm like, wow! I mean, I get it. Like, there were some bad things. There was a lot of bad things, but wow! Yeah, and I I guess it's also important for us to point out from our end, uh, unless Nathan's hiding something that I don't know about, none of us were alive during the 60s, or even, like, 91 when this episode aired. So, like, know that we are coming at this from decades upon decades of removal. To yeah. be fair, but so, also so is focus on the family. <laughs> <laughs> that yep. That was what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah, it's so, uh, it's special. 
Yeah. And Wit, and yeah, Wit goes on about 60s fashion because we got to get that out of the way of the gate. Like, they right. just they just look stupid with the headbands and the everythings. And the, oh, my word. And then Bart yeah. busts in in a <laughs> what I can only presume to be – I don't even I don't even know to how to put the words to what I'm imagining Bart Rathbone looks like in this scene. <laughs> well, he's got a chickadillic headband. Yeah, a, a chickadillic, <laughs> a paisley shirt, a turtleneck. Yep, and a chickadillic headband. And Wade is not having this. I the, don't own any bell bottoms, but I do own all the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, right. The idea is that Rathbone's electric castle and rock and roll implements of destruction is throwing on a 60s week, complete with a concert at the end. Um, And it's all just some racket for Bart to make money because that's why Bart does anything. Um, Yeah, they're selling guitars and amps and stuff at the Electric Palace, and Soki's promoting 60s rock and 60s culture to get people to buy stuff. There's no way Bart makes money off of this. Like, even before things fall apart at the end, like, there's no chance. I guess the question that I have is that, like, I know in the 80s there was a lot of fascination with the 50s, and, like, my mom grew up going to, like, 50s diners and stuff like that. Right, right. What was there that for the 60s and the 90s or the end of the 80s? Like, was there that too? Was there something like that that just didn't really even stick around at all? I have was to there... assume so because, like, yeah, otherwise this makes less sense. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about just like living in the 2010s, it's all about early 90s nostalgia, right? That's, yeah, that's the, the cornerstone right now, and so. I, it, it appears to be about 20, 30 years that people just start being nostalgic for things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we we just... We solved it. The, the, yeah, yeah. We, we, we did, uh, yeah, if the 80s were the 50s and the 90s were the 60s and, you know, 2010s, we got Stranger Things, we went back to the 80s, and now we're living in the 90s. It's just, yep, 30 years. Yeah, every 30 years you get a... Mission uh, soft. You, you get the... Uh, you get the nostalgia, and every 60 years you get a social justice movement. Like, it's just it's how it goes. Dude, that means that, like, in 10 years we get to experience 2000s nostalgia? Because I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Build-A-Bear Workshop. That's, oh, my that's gosh. Let's get it. Yo, I'm waiting for Webkins to get cool again. Oh, snap. <laughs> Wit hates the 60s. So, for... To, to establish some timeline stuff. Oh, Wit roasts Bart's, out, Bart's outfit and suggests he found it in a dump. That I is like to, I would <laughs> yeah. like to add that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so Wit, Wit fought in World War II. Yes. Then went to college. So you have to, like, doing some timeline math and whatnot, which is always dangerous in Odyssey, but this is pre- odyssey odyssey yeah what would so, be roughly a like, hundred years old yeah yeah we don't we don't need to talk about that um but like he's he's probably like mid-30s when like the 60s begin so just Which, the right age to be mad at young people is what exactly, you're saying exactly yeah. that yeah. that is exactly the point i am trying to make okay. is unlike the writer of this episode wit is at the perfect age to hate the 60s yeah. 
Especially, um, well, and I get it, because, like, the the chances that characteristics from Wit were inspired by Paul McCuster's, like, father or something like that is not far-fetched. No. No, it's not. Um, and we get, uh... <laughs> We get Bart reminiscing about back in that wonderful decade to which Winter interjects of turmoil and riots. You know yeah. what? This is one of the things from Wit that I'm like, all right, he said the right thing this episode. He did he did the right thing. And <laughs> just sort of no longer, I don't know. The, it's that not like sugarcoating yeah. the past. Yeah, they spend most of this episode not mentioning anything else about the 60s, and that's the closest they get. <laughs> yeah. That it's the one time he mentioned something other than drugs. Was yeah. so insignificant, I literally didn't catch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The word Vietnam does not appear once in their 25-minute no. discussion of 1960s. Yeah. Uh, it also, it, it has to feel like a bit of a condemnation of, like... I don't know. The, the turmoil and riots. I'm like, are you talking about, like, protests and, like, mm-hmm. civil justice movements? Because then, like, yeah, like, I maybe don't like you throwing that as turmoil and riots. But I'm also not denying the fact that, you know, riots happen. So. Yeah. Well, so and you're. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can, we can look at the past and be like, yeah. It wasn't all great. I'm I'm okay with that. The point of this episode is not to say the 60s were a perfect time. No, yeah. yeah that, I guess the, and as we mentioned before, like, the biggest, like, point of disconnection for me is, like, I, I, I get it that they don't like drugs, but why is it about the 60s? And, like, then what yeah, do, we what have don't the cocaine like? 80s yeah there's you're so just much coming out of the cocaine 80s yeah. yeah your audience is more scared of cocaine right now why are you uh yeah. and he makes mining? and he makes a joke about well not coke well cocaine in, is involved later yes with it is kid that was connie's age or younger presumably right which this that is album nine age. meaning this kid is like 20 no, no this is album 14 oh 14 last week's episode was album nine I think could be wrong so how old um, is connie because that that changes maybe high some school of, high, high school, school okay high school she doesn't graduate high school for another like 10 years <laughs> all right i'm tracking <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah so in, in bart's continuing to reminisce about the uh about the 60s he brings up sergeant packard's lovely hats club band i'm that's, so glad you wrote yeah. that down too yeah that's, that's, that was <laughs> best, a good one. best joke of the episode <laughs> I, when i heard it at first i thought he said hewlett packard's I was like, <laughs> I, well this is even very better funny. <laughs> hewlett packard's lonely hats club band <laughs> and i was dying oh no, no no it's it's the lovely hats club band oh I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, which is which is both. It's a funny joke because Bart, like the whole crux of this episode is that Bart also doesn't remember the sixties. Yeah, like, for different reasons? Like, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> like his whole thing is that he's just trying to like scam people out of their money. And so it's great because you can play that off as a, oh, he doesn't know the name of a Beatles album, but you can also not have to directly reference a Beatles album 
Um, which I don't know what the copyright would issues would be on that, but like the Beatles are uh, protective. Odyssey of... tends to uh, make it very clear what they're referencing without actually saying the name when it comes to rock and roll artists. Because I remember yep. there were episodes where they were like playing a guitar riff that sounded like exactly like Smoke on the Water, but with just a couple different chords. I mean, you gotta do something. Yeah, which, exactly. Actually, speaking of which, um, my favorite thing about this episode is the John Campbell score. Oh yeah, he is I was gonna, I was gonna comment on the music it. at some point. It is, it's so good. It's a lot better and than most episodes of Odyssey. <laughs> it's so ridiculous to be condemning the '60s while at the same time doing these amazing send-ups of like '60s style music throughout the episode. Yeah, it's it's lovely. It feels like I say this about everything, but it feels like Twin Peaks at some point with like the weird fusion of blues and uh mm, yeah, and, uh, folk and, you know, disco yeah. and stuff. It's just it's really good. It is quite nice. Yeah. It breaks it up pretty well. So uh, then we get Connie going to the library to research the 60s. We get the really good <laughs> score we were talking about. Um, and it, the scene opens up with the, the librarian going, 60s, yeah, we got information on the 60s. Hello, uh, a... I, the librarian, have information <laughs> about the 60s at the library. Thank you, Connie, for coming to the library. <laughs> to find information about the <laughs> About 60s. the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I did have, like, a small question, because she picks out the book by, by Josh Guthrie, obviously. Mm -hmm. And right. this is another thing where Odyssey references pop culture without mm -hmm. referencing pop culture. Is there, like, a specific author or book that they're trying to make a very explicit reference to that I just don't get? I don't think it's a very explicit reference. I mean, the fact that his name is Josh Guthrie did make me think is this intentionally an Arlo Guthrie thing like I think it is yeah but I don't know right I don't know if this book is a direct like parallel to a book that existed or was just like an attempt to be like yeah here are some things that people thought back then yeah no it's just a plot device I think to convey the how they were thinking hmm. and and the idea that like, how could you get Connie to be interested in it? Like, of course, give her a book. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, have it, having, having fun isn't hard. I'm so glad you thought that, too, because <laughs> I thought that when I was listening to the episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so she researches it. She reads this. Uh, she reads The Prism of Change. And honestly, like, you cut you know she reads the poem out loud and so it's the audience really gets lovely. yeah it's yeah. beautiful yeah it's a good poem change through the weakness of a lasting love that's the thing i highlighted from yeah it. i love that line i love that idea yeah it was yeah it, it it's one of the other weird things about this episode similar to the comment i just made about the music where it's like, oh. You're doing a great job of selling the 60s. Have, right, like, you could have just, like, trashed this thing, but instead you are, like, you're, the move could have been, like, let's just make this sound as bad as possible. But they also, but then they, like, went and made stuff that, like, sounds good. Well, it's, 
it's I don't know. And maybe it was accidental and unintentional, and maybe we're removed enough from the culture that that's just what we take from it. Because I have no idea what it would have been like to be, uh, you know, in Focus on the Family's receiving audience in 1991 and, like, you know, be in that culture. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Uh, I, it's, yeah, it's really hard because for me, every time, like, I listened to this, I think maybe a couple months ago, and that's when I really started pestering Dylan about it um because i wanted to cover it yep and uh i was like yeah i just kind of like this 60s and what they're saying isn't really that bad there's a lot of bad about the 60s that they just don't really talk about much and 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 i don't get what 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 why (laughs) i don't know it's we're getting information from like three sources because connie's I guess are the audience surrogate for most of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And we seem to be getting negative responses to the sixties from old people, Wit and uh and this Jim fellow. And we seem to be getting quite positive responses to it from every other corner of the environment. And it Yeah paints this the- really strange I don't know I I don't know if I fully agree with that. Like, the thing that's weird is that, like, only Connie seems to be, like... Like, Bart is fake into it. True. The band he hires is not at all interested. Wit is not. The people, like, at the hotel... Like, there aren't that many characters in this. Mm -hmm. And I would... It would be interesting to see, like, other people get swept up in it. Because it feels like Connie is swept up in it like from a distance to some extent true and like like she's getting she in the beginning of the episode is like interested in the 60s very abstractly Mm -hmm. and then wit says hey maybe you shouldn't be and then she goes to the library and gets really into the 60s and then goes and talks to jim and eventually gets like out of being into the 60s. Get scared we, straight. Right. Mm-hmm. But we don't actually see... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll talk yeah. about the fear-mongering <laughs> later. <laughs> um, but, like, we don't see... I don't know. It doesn't feel like, oh, the whole town is getting swept up in this. Like, even, like, a classic Odyssey interstitial of, like, a newscast. Mm-hmm. Like, cut to Link Wainwright talking about the parade or something. Just, like, something so it doesn't feel like oh, this is just a thing that, like, Connie is feeling. Yeah, no, I think that it's very... I mean, that's just how the episode is written, but I feel like what this episode... What I think Odyssey does a lot is they pick an ideology that's basing this around, like, okay, so don't romanticize something if you don't fully understand it because there's probably uh, more to what they're saying, or more to what's going on than what they're saying, like... If we could just take a step back, like, completely objectively, that's that's what they're saying. Don't romanticize the 60s because there was a lot of bad. And what you think was good was actually bad and whatever, which is great. But why would you target something that is so hard to target? <laughs> like, what do they have to gain from that? Right. I think the episode lacks a focus and therefore just feels like old man yells at cloud yeah yeah that's that's 
what it all boils down to. If they had, if it felt like they were making points, I would feel very differently. But because it feels like we're just like, uh, it's just a general condemnation of a 10-year period of time without, like, much support. And with just saying, like, the thing that constantly gets said by wit even throughout the episode and by Jim is just like a, oh yeah, there were some good things, but in reality, it has ruined our way of life. Yeah, and I just and think I'm just like emblematic can, can, can of like you... a flawed way of thinking, like that well, you can, can place you... sole blame like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the episodes even kind of towards the end tries to reckon with that and be like, look, it's not, like, I don't blame the 60s, I blame myself. And it's like, then why does this episode exist? Exactly. Yeah. That is that is my biggest, ta- like, my biggest you're, beef you're... is just like, he says, I don't blame the 60s, I blame myself. And you're like, oh, so you blame the 60s for making you be something that you weren't. And that's what's bad about it. We're going to blame that 10-year period of time that wasn't just, uh, I don't know, you losing track a little bit during very formative years in your life. Right. But like if the episode is, if, if, if the are like somewhat like, not, I don't know if the kind of protagonist of the episode is saying like, no, I, I don't blame the sixties. Then why'd you make an episode condemning the sixties odyssey? Yeah, it would, you know, you could literally just change the title. This one's about <laughs> drugs, guys. And then I'd be like, okay, I guess no, but that's that... mostly fine. <laughs> but they don't do that. They keep going after, like we said, the 10-year no. period of of history. Yeah, no, my first note for this episode is it's time to talk crap on an entire decade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. There is. There was some good. We're not going to talk about that or even allude to what it was. But it wasn't all bad. However... Don't talk about it because it all was bad. Yeah, and we're only going to talk about the bad in an, an extreme vacuum, blind to everything else previous. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is a yeah. author that's from Odyssey, which is like let's. I I want to continue on with the episode a little bit. So yeah, no Josh fair. Guthrie is from Odyssey, which is nuts, and he was like apparently very popular. Maybe at least in Odyssey, I, we don't know if we're talking worldwide. I'm getting the idea that this guy's a big deal. You know, from later in the episode. Uh, but whatever. And, uh, yeah, he wrote some good stuff. And then we get Wit and Bart. And Bart's talking to Wit, trying to get him to, one, kind of get into the spirit of things. And, two, to uh, sell ice cream at his concert on Saturday. And, and Wit to rename a jerk. No. <laughs> Bart wa- specifically wants him to rename his Lime Sherbert to Dayglow Delight. What is Dayglow? Dayglow is Neon. Oh. Why? Well, <laughs> I don't know, but that prompts Wit's uh, other other spot of wokeness. Yeah. <laughs> the old, uh, oh, it's not progressive to change the name of my ice cream if I don't believe it or something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, like, I'm not going to change my ice cream just just to get into the spirit of things with like when i don't endorse the rest of it yeah i like that one too another <laughs> another good wit jab <laughs> yeah he's definitely jabbing <laughs> everywhere it seems <laughs> jabbing everyone Bar- <laughs> yeah and then bart bart explains that uh that he's got the gyroscopes for saturday's concert boy a band what that an awesome name <laughs> 
What? A band that he has never heard of. Yeah. And then we get the best Bart line maybe ever. Oh, boy. Where he says to Wit, man, you are so unhip, it's a wonder you don't walk sideways. Yep. That yeah, I I might use that in my life at some point. I think it's one fun. where I was like, shoot, is this a thing that like other people said? Like, like I was like, this is so good that I am almost convinced that it was just like part of pop culture that this was a thing people said, and it's not something Bart just came up with because it sounds too good to be something that bart just tossed off i mean so is the bones of wrath yeah fair even enough. a blind <laughs> squirrel finds a nut every now and again <laughs> oh man yeah it's uh it's a certainly interesting scene which is br- uh, abruptly interrupted with connie coming in and scaring bart off with uh, 60s philosophy yeah, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Connie comes in and starts talking about peace and love and stuff, and Bart's like, I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm leaving. <laughs> She's got strong, I'm in college and I just read a book for the first time energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't she kind of always, though? Yeah. Isn't I that mean, a bit yeah. the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's in character, but it's just this thing of, like, her spouting off about, like, about philosophy just like as young but, people talking about things i'm wondering though if i'm going to look back on my life and see a lot of similarities between me at times and connie at times so like oh absolutely. you mean like it, i mean andrew i think that's what this podcast is you yeah yourself talking a lot andrew <laughs> you're not gonna like it in 20 years no yeah yeah and but like i'm going to see a lot of of connie uh necessarily getting caught up in things yeah sort of naive fervor for new ideas yeah there's nothing there's nothing abnormal about that or i think objectively wrong as long as you become educated yeah yeah it's just a a thing of moderation and you know getting information from as many sources as possible but uh but wit pushes back pretty hard on on young Connie here (laughs) yeah he doesn't really feel like there's uh much room for interpretation or uh difference of opinion there no no real i'm right and you're not kind of situation (laughs) i know and it's just it's tough because connie's big thing is like you know what's wrong with like sharing with those in need and working towards peace in the world and that stuff and Wit's response is to be like, oh, yeah, that stuff would be nice, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Without Which Jesus. Is... Yeah, Without Jesus Christ. Kind of what, what Andrew started with was like the, you know, is if there's like human-based improvement in the world, does God like that? Does God not like that? And mm-hmm. I agree with Andrew, shockingly, that... uh. You know, humans being nice to each other doesn't seem like a negative thing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. and and I would Hot say take. that like <laughs> confining confining the will of God to what you consciously do is a dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how infinite of a being 
he is and how finite your brains are and like the idea that I don't know you think that you've got God figured out enough that you can determine between what piece is good piece and what piece is bad piece like yeah no that is a very fair point because yeah it does it does feel like this thing where it's like I don't like no one no one in the episode is like Connie doesn't even seem isn't it's not like she's like oh we can achieve like utopia without god like that's not the point <laughs> yeah. that's being made it's not a tower point of that's... babel situation like, right we're not doing that we're just like hey wait a minute what if we, we didn't, didn't go to war with vietnam <laughs> african american people ride at the back of the bus always <laughs> It's like, just we're just gonna start with basic human decency here. That's yeah, the floor. Like, That's not the ceiling. <laughs> That's the floor, guys. Yeah, it, yeah, right. Just like why? Why are you? I don't know. Like Wit's got this strong energy that's just frustrating. Of like, you know, well, like if basically his his stance is like if we can't fix things a hundred percent, why do it at all? Like, he's like, well, without God, we can't solve any of this stuff, so let's not try. Wit's starting to sound like the American left. And it's... Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, going to leave the rest of my neoliberal stuff away. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm interested. Uh, Yeah, just just, uh, just be careful there. You don't want want focus to think. (laughs) think I don't want focus on the family from Colorado Springs coming for me. No, no, you do not. Focus on the family. Stay away from Nathan. He's he's a good guy. <laughs> I'll put that in my resume, Dylan. <laughs> LinkedIn. Dylan Weaver, host of the Wadfam Shock Pod, said that I'm a quote nice guy. <laughs> unquote. Your name carries a lot of weight in the internet, Dylan. <laughs> you got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you only got ten fingers. <laughs> All of them are in a pie. Andrew. That's fair. They're each in different pies. It's very hard. I had <laughs> to get a lot pies. of like small pies. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Andrew! Don't step on my jokes. <laughs> so, yeah. Where were we in the chronology um, of this one? <laughs> I wit. Josh Guthrie wit, works at a halfway house. Right. So wit after roasting. Mm-hmm. Yes. After roasting Connie, Wit's like, okay, you can go, like, Josh Guthrie is actually from around here, and he is in Connellsville and at this drug rehab house. And Connie's like, all right, I'm going to go track him down. And then she does, not quite, She <laughs> we, cut, we cut to a scene of her meeting with the director of the Halfway Health House, Jim Reeves, mm. who is extremely cagey and about trying to find Josh Guthrie, and then hostile. Yeah. This dude is horrible to her. No, he's a jerk. He's pretty nasty. Uh, she was So Connie was impressed with what he wrote, and she's like, they're, they're having this interaction, and Connie quickly kind of learns that she's actually talking to Josh, uh, Josh Guthrie, even though she's talking to Jim Reeves. But, um, yeah, it, he's just mean to her. And this idea that Josh Guthrie looks back at this entire decade and, like, 
what what the audience is aware of his body of work is only the poem that was shared and then right. what he tells about his life after that and so like he's talking about kind of the life he lived um or well i guess that's later is yeah, when he really he, opens he up he really doesn't not much happens in this sequence other than him being mad at connie yeah and and it seems like he seems to insinuate that you know he's trying to be reclusive and like people constantly try and find him and right what possible purpose could they have or what purpose could he have for being mad at people who enjoyed his work you know i i guess he just must i mean you know so, i yeah, guess I mean, the narrative is he was in a halfway house so he probably had a really long i mean what does he say like five years yeah, yeah. he says he, he was strung out for five years something yep. like that on probably so, just weed. <laughs> if this is Odyssey. <laughs> I'm, I'm not thinking they're yes. strung out on weed. That's what we don't know. Say. What? There's a high schooler addicted to cocaine. Yeah. We don't I mean, know. Yeah. Happen. But but right. So it's this it's this thing of like he, he, he it's it's a uh, <laughs> Oh, this is this is the dumbest analogy. But the move he's doing is uh, very Yoda in Empire Strikes Back when okay. Yoda when, when Luke shows up on Dagobah and is like asking about Yoda and Yoda's being all coy and being like, "Oh, you know, I'll have to take you to him." And like, this is just the mean version of that where he's like, "No, Josh Guthrie never wants to see anyone again. He might as well be dead." Like. Yeah, Josh Guthrie hates you and everybody like you. <laughs> and also has no wisdom for you. I will not help you. No. Yeah. And I... Uh, small props to this episode. In that Connie, when she exits, says, you know, bye, Mr. Guthrie. Like, she puts it together. And a worse and typical episode of Odyssey would have just been like... Yeah, Connie doesn't figure that out. No, as an audience like, surrogate, Connie is amazing. Like, this is one of the best Connie episodes I feel like we've covered. Like, it's she's so on she's so on top of it and actually like cracks the code. Yeah. Figures out like that this is that this is Josh. And without it being horribly telegraphed. Mm-hmm. Like, she figures it out things- faster than I did. <laughs> okay, that that that's what I was gonna ask. It's one of those things for me where I'm like, I'm listening to the episode and I'm like, okay, so this guy is probably Josh Guthrie, but like even I am not confident enough to just call him Mr. Guthrie. And then Connie does it, and I'm like, oh, rock on, Connie! Like way to actually like put together some clues and like be a person. Yeah, they gave I her. I wish a brain. it wasn't so rare. <laughs> <laughs> And her her big thing is just, like, she wants people of her generation to know what, like, to, to know what this book said because she read it and it was so impactful to her. And she's like, I, like, I think other people could gain value from this. And Jim slash Josh is just like, no, not possible. Everything I did in the past was horrible because... It ended up just wrecking me on drugs. Which seems counter to the thesis of the episode. Which and is what like, he was saying. Yeah, like, you can, I would you say can that... harvest beauty from things that are not good. 
but not in this case because drugs, right? Well, and also, like, drugs, like, addiction is always bad, right? Like... I, 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 there are a few times that the views of Andrew Sabo align with the views of the Wadfam Chalkpod. I think this is one where yeah. I'm comfortable saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like addiction. Thumbs down is, to addiction. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he views everything so negatively because, like, he was addicted to it. But, like, that is the bad part, not the philosophy, right? Like, how. So if you're addicted, it's a sickness. It's destructive. If you were addicted for five years, that would basically tear your life apart. It's true. And I get that. But there is no part about peace and love and flower power involved in that. I mean, maybe you thought that you were justified, but, like, you know, when you stole your mom's, you know, laptop to sell it for drugs, like that there's no part of peace love and flower power in there you know yeah so how can you how can you hold it to like how can you hold this philosophy accountable for actions that are so clearly not rooted in this philosophy right because they all have the common denominator of the 60s (laughs) ah thank goodness i figured out you forgot the thesis of the episode (laughs) 60s bad odyssey good (laughs) You know what? I believe it. I'm in. Honestly, they do make a pretty <laughs> that, that, convincing. That, that line makes Andrew become a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> they convinced me. Damn, man. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Oh, and he asks on the way out. I don't know. She says something about, like, going back to work or something. And he's like, oh, where do you work? She's like, Wits End in Odyssey. And he's like, okay, storing that along so away for later so I can come in at the perfect moment. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that. So we get Bart the gyroscopes. Uh, <laughs> they're apparently, they're ugly, um, at least in Bart's eyes. Well, they're normal dudes who don't. Yeah, listen. that's the thing is they just look like normal guys in like jeans and a t-shirt. And he was expecting hippies. And uh, he's going to drive him in the station wagon that he presumably painted uh, he flowers painted flowers on, on it. Yeah, with, like, it's not presumably. paint is he my did. guess. I don't know. I was thinking like the wood panels on the side there. That's that's yeah, really what I was hoping. Oh, that's like a oh, permanent yeah. installation. <laughs> oh yeah. Bart's all bought in. That's fair. He said he said that he was going to uh he was gonna get them a limo, but figured with them being all down to earth that they'd probably be embarrassed by that. So he just got a station wagon and painted it with flowers. And it's a fun I don't know, it's a fun little scene. Um the uh the band, the two members we hear from uh, Grace and Mark. Uh, Mark, Mark and Grace are the two people. Uh, Will Ryan is playing Mark. Dave Arnold is playing Grace. Will Ryan as Mark was pretty delightful. Oh, I yeah. always, I always enjoy hearing Will Ryan doing a voice. He's quite delightful. He, yeah, does a good job. And I'm. I'm I, I feel bad, because I feel like we've been really riding this episode pretty hard. But, like... Yeah, but it's not good. No, no, it's not no good. I'm, I stand by my riding this. No, know? no, it's not... I'm not saying that it's good, but I'm saying that there are redeeming qualities in the sense that, like... I do want to make sure that, like... Yeah, the fact that this is a good Connie episode is oh, yeah. really great. 
and I understand where they're coming at this from. I just think that they did it wrong. <laughs> Very poor execution. Yeah, yeah. If if but, we're correct about the our guess to their intent, their intent yeah. might be totally different from what we're expecting. Right. We're, uh, it's yeah. Here, well, but. and I looked at the theme of the episode, which I'm pretty sure is love. Or no, something. So, God's so nature, the, drug use, peace. Oh, correct. There it is. Are are the are the listed themes? Oh, I I did. I scoured both the official guide and the the complete guide to try and find uh, any anecdotes about this episode. Well, I didn't get a single one. The show is not was like not talking about it in <laughs> in either book, which I was like, ah, oh, you know. Maybe there's a recognition that, like, ah, oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be so hyped on this episode. And then I realized that they aired it last summer, so like, uh. yeah, maybe no, it's not. not out of rotation. I don't know if this is uncommon, but according to the AIO wiki, this is the only episode tagged with the theme of God's nature. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of those themes are just kind of weird one-off things. Okay, so that's not out of the ordinary i'm curious to see what the themes for drug use episodes are there's only Um, one more is it the oh gosh is it what that episode of the twilight zone with the with oh the the chickens yeah twilight zone 288 you're right oh it it, that one is just called twilight zone yeah Yeah. Yeah. we covered that one on the show go listen to that episode people that was fun (laughs) the chickens Oh my word! They they have a they have a a toy chicken that talks as the metaphor for drugs. How how does that play out? They sit in a circle. Really and pass delightful a toy chicken that talks. Oh, <laughs> it's so good! The chicken's name is Henny. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, um, we then what? Oh, so. Right. Connie's back at Wit's End. And Guthrie shows and, up. Well, and so Wit, Wit's like, all right, Connie, I've been trying to, like, beat around it all week. What's wrong? That mm-hmm. This is the line that really makes me not be happy with how they did Wit in this episode. Like, before What's, I was like, all right, I can kind of, you know, excuse. Do, do you have the line written down? But I, he's very not nice to her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, uh... In walks Jim Reeves, a.k.a. Josh Guthrie. Mm. Takes off his glasses. It's me. Hey! And he's like, all right, Connie, I gotta take you on a trip. And she's like, drugs? That he's was like, one no. of the cringier jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's also, like, he sounds sketchy when he says it. He does... You'll have, or he's like, you know, I, I got, I got, I have something to show me, show you. You'll have to take a trip with me. <laughs> like it's, it's bad both ways. No, yeah. Uh, my my note is getting in a car with a strange poet from the '60s who showed up out of nowhere is clearly a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> and I had to keep reminding myself that it's '91. Yeah, but like she even like turns to Wit to be like, "Is this okay?" And Wit's like. Yeah, I'll cover for you. And I was like, oh, you weren't asking, like, Wit's permission to go with some, like, strange man. You were asking if he would, like, cover your shift. 
Also, what he does is take her back to a halfway house and does a scared straight on her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, whoa, one, I feel like <laughs> there should Could've be better communication afar, about maybe. the distance <laughs> is concerned yeah. or, or where, where they're going, you know? I feel like if he had told Connie that he wanted to go at the halfway house and show, like, if he, if he had given part of his spiel, like, one, Connie would have been able to emotionally prepare for it, and two, it would have just been way less creepy. But also, she went and met him at the halfway house. Previously. Yeah. Why didn't he just do this then? What has changed in the story between her leaving and him coming to pick her up. No, so basically basically what happens at the end of their first discussion is that Connie's like, "Do you have any wisdom? You know, there are people in my generation that have questions and they need your insight." And it's very much kind of a uh, you know, I retired, you know, I don't I'm not a superhero anymore whatever kind of moment. Um and then but instead it gets turned into I was never really a superhero. I was just addicted to drugs. Right, I know, but <laughs> why didn't he do that all in one scene? Why did she have to go away? Because he and then feels he had bad to track about her down the, at her work. He feels bad. That's the whole point. But he, we felt like he felt bad in that scene, didn't we? Yeah. Well, the whole point is that like Connie asked asked a hypothetical about something that she wanted, and she and he said that he couldn't give it to her. And uh, and then he's felt bad about it because he right. Was a so jerk. so he just had he just had second like second thoughts. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I don't think that would be uncommon. No. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, it just felt like a weird plot. It thing is a bit of a like, And if there was like, you know, a one-off scene of this guy monologuing in his office, it might make a little <laughs> more sense. But I don't know that we need that. Yeah. No. No. You're right. You're right. Anyways, so. Yeah, so Jim just decides to now. Now is his chance to monologue, and I think it's a really interesting move from the show to be like, okay, the guy who like finally sets Connie straight here, it's gonna be someone who was involved in the drug culture of the '60s, wrote a book, has since like gotten clean, hates what he did is still not a Christian or a particularly good or nice person. And now is, like, and now he's going to be the one to, like, deliver the message to Connie and by an extension the audience? I just felt like it was an interesting move. He is so... Preachy. Yeah, but not in a compassionate way. No, no, he no. he's basically saying, like... He he sounds like he's mad. He right. just sounds like he's mad. Like get high and expand your mind. Like he he, he yeah. Nobody nobody it said so it would much, ruin my life. So much sarcasm and so much just like yeah. Like there is so little validation for an entire ten year period of people and philosophy that like 
yeah, it, it just, it comes off strange, and, like, he makes the comment of, like, you know, the music, the culture, everybody was about, you know, like, everybody was just kind of living for the moment and not caring, and I understand that, but that one, not, not very special to the 60s, other things were special to the 60s that weren't that, I would argue that that is a, uh, all of human history thing, and... Yep. Yeah, and two, like, okay, so if we want to talk bad about 60s music, like, the music didn't do necessarily anything bad. Maybe, you know, it romanticized it to young people that weren't aware, but at the end of the day, it's those people's responsibility because whether it's music or it's something else, like, we all encounter things in our life. Like, you can't just blame a decade to avoid taking responsibility for, you know, throwing away six years of your life. But, quote Jim Reeves, the upheaval of the 60s has everything to do with the problems we're dealing with now. Yeah. Doesn't that mean that that one decade caused yeah. everything? And, right. and nothing was bad right. before that. That's the important right. thing to remember. Everything right. went wrong in 1959, and and yeah. we're really suffering now. I mean, this guy's your age, Connie. We and talk- he's battling cocaine addiction. He didn't have anything to do with the 60s. He wasn't born then, so why the addiction? Because we said, if it feels good, do it. In the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, your generation and the generation to come is suffering the effects of that. The <laughs> general depravity is- of man really be out here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well... And the thing that's so unfortunate is, like, there is a very much America's identity was built in the 50s post-World War II when we had overcome the Great Depression and we, like, really stepped into our own as a global powerhouse. And, like, that's when the white picket fence, that's when McDonald's, like, that's when America was great. And then it just went right to the crapper in the 60s. And ever (laughs) since then, it's been bad. Like, yep. and we've been trying to get back to there ever since. Yeah. You know, and how great like, the 50s was for <laughs> straight white men yeah. and no one else. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about. <laughs> oh, there is. There's so much. Um, yeah, and so, he, yeah, so Jim's just going through this whole thing, talking about how, like, his idea, all of his ideas that Connie was looking up were wrong because he hasn't, he didn't actually make an impact on the world with them. In fact, he like made it worse. And I'm like, mm-hmm. your ideas didn't make it worse. Like Andrew said earlier when we were talking about stuff, like you have to separate the r- stuff you wrote from like the drugs you did. Like th- those seem like two separate things, but he's convinced like they're the same. Like, I love I gotta... 70s funk music. Most of that was fueled by cocaine. I'm okay with that. I still don't like cocaine. I will never do cocaine. But I still like 70s funk music. Right. We we live in a fallen world. Everything was created by people who screwed up in some way. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I talked I said that earlier. That's pretty much like imminent death. 1960s. Why not? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're living under Right. At any point, we're in the middle of the Cold War. At any point, bombs could go off and the world could be done. Yeah. Yay. 
Anyway, um, so then yeah. we get Bart so, and the hotel manager because the no, whoa, 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 wait, jail. we can't, we cannot leave this scene quite yet, can okay. we? No, okay, this is that's the fine. meat of the episode, Andrew. That's right, because this is, this is, this is like, this is it. He's like, because he's then talking about, you know, yeah, like his his ideas. You know, they were wrong. They sounded good, made for nice poetry, but they didn't work. Not in this world, not with people the way they are. We failed, Connie. We didn't help the world. We didn't change anything. Well, but wasn't wasn't the whole idea of his philosophy, like, slow, constant, personal-based change? Like, you know, sort of... No, if, if everything didn't world, change in a day, it, it failed. Like, yeah, that seems pretty opposite to like what he was saying in the book. It's just... And, this feels like, and Connie hits on it later, but like, I guess, and maybe this is the point Odyssey is trying to make, is that Jim Reeves put his faith in humanity and in, like, the people of the world coming together to make it a better place, and those people failed him, and that's why he's in such rough shape, whereas God wouldn't fail in that way like is maybe the point that odyssey's trying to make no but it's, it's I not feel like if you just said those words make. that would make the point better than right that that that's what i'm saying is than this jim the, fella yelling the, for no the, the whole epi- point that they're trying to make is that the absolute truth of god as surrogated by wit is that anything apart from God will fail. And what I'm saying, and what I think what we the issue we have with this episode is that you can do things that align with the character of God without uh, knowing it. Like, I mean, Jesus makes that abundantly clear. You know, like, anybody who takes care of, the you know, the least of these, it, like... It's not it's not confined to whether you recognize Yahweh. I'm not talking salvation. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm just talking about what is good and what is bad. It's like, oh, if you're a nice Muslim, you're still a bad person. (sighs) Like, yeah, like it's right. It's that thing of like it is impossible. Like the, the stance it feels like the show is taking is without God, it is impossible to do good total yeah. depravity think, of man and that's f- and i think they ignore the fact that you you can't you can do partial good without like attaining the ultimate good that i suppose only comes from god yeah exactly right and this and is yeah. also Odyssey a time in which like prob- not not mention at all that you know what if if you're a christian you already got the old uh the the salvation the ultimate good in your life from god why why not sort of project that outwards how about do some stuff you know yeah right and there's very much an idea that especially around mental health uh in that era of christianity especially in that you know demographic it's just that it's not really real that god is the obviously the answer to all of your problems and Anything that you do needs to be consciously and directly oriented towards him for it to be not sinful and bad. And there's differences of opinions on that. 
and I would say that I differ. Yeah, it's, I don't know. This whole episode, like, the crux of this is hard to talk about. And I think part of it is there isn't a clear message from the episode. So it's hard to make a clear rebuttal. Exactly. And so, like, I'm probably, like, I'm sure I'm going to be editing this and being like, ooh, I could have said that better. I don't really agree with the way I said that. Like, those sorts of things. But it's just because the episode is so enigmatic and is just being like, look, a period of time sucked. Mm -hmm. So, well, this is is what they call uh, cultural encapsulation, which I literally just learned about in school. And it's the the idea that you are so completely absorbed in one particular culture that you are completely in denial about the value of anything else, essentially. And that... Can well put on the absolute yeah, th- yeah, and that can put on the uh, absolute truth in Christianity pretty well if you don't model your life after Jesus. It's almost like that's what he's there for. Yeah. So to close out the Jim Reeves monologue, where he's talking about not being able to help the world, he continues to say, "In fact, we made it worse. We wanted freedom without responsibility." And now the consequences are two decades of a drug epidemic, abortion, AIDS, and people who only think about themselves. And I would say that the 60s are not responsible for that. Living in a fallen world is responsible for that. Which he mentions earlier, but doesn't mention as the reason for this. Right? He specifically says something earlier about how like definitely all of the evil didn't come from this but uh right but but then continues to talk as though all the evil did come from this well and i would also then point to the context that we have now of a like our awareness of big pharma's role in the opioid epidemic like well i mean to be fair we knew the the war on drugs was a bad idea from the get-go yeah yeah exactly no 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 i'm not i'm not saying yeah i'm not i'm not defending it by any means but i'm saying that like that is a very clear example that listening to it in you know the year of our lord 2020 we can look at and be like yeah so really people are bad to people and that sometimes looks like drugs and sometimes it looks like other things that's it wrap it up boys disagree with that (laughs) um and so right so then then this is connie saying well how can you blame the 60s an entire decade for our problems and this is where jim walks back and like is like well look the messaging of this episode uh the whole way through to the title is that the 60s suck but actually i blame myself because i am the 60s whoa and now i am doing my recompense by running this clinic Yep. Yeah. The, and that's the episode. It doesn't get more clear towards the end. <laughs> no, yeah. Then we get uh, Bart and the hotel manager because the band goes to jail and Bart has to bail them out. And the whole right, thing they, is just They were in a bar all night. Then they played loud music and trashed the room and beat up people in the who worked at the hotel. And so they were arrested. And Bart bails them out. Alcohol yeah. wasn't Just in time for a concert that gets rained out. Yep. And... 
get God's that final of them. smile down on and them. Bart yells at them. You ever heard of Lauren Welk? <laughs> She's all what she could play circles around you guys. No. Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence. Lawrence Welk. Lawrence. He is a famous accordionist. Is he? Yes. Wow. Did, did you Google in... that? Or did you yes. know that before? No, no, I didn't know that before. Okay. <laughs> no, I couldn't he, be sure. He started he started in the thirties. Um continued to play uh accordion and sing and had a television show all through like uh all the way up to his death in the nineties. Like a year after this episode came out. Um so yeah. That's just one of those fun times where it's like, oh yeah, we don't have to do a we don't have to do a Sergeant Packard's thing. We can just straight up say it. <laughs> Lawrence Welk. Um and uh also a fun connection because uh Rodney Rathbone, offspring of Bart, uh plays the accordion for the Bones of Wrath the band. Hmm. A lot of connections. So many connections. Um there's no good spot for this, but it is moderately interesting that the voice actor for um jim reeves is an actual psychologist oh yeah i did want to get into that and like when we were talking about where the the sort of you know the impetus for this episode came from that would be my guess oh interesting yeah could be he is like he like sits on the board for focus yeah on the family he's like something. a he was like the staff psychologist for focus on the family yeah um, so i would assume this was a something. yeah he he pitched the episode probably yeah i could i could buy that that is uh that's uh that's mr bill meyer yeah voiced wow. uh josh guthrie slash jim reeves uh. um what else oh there's a like a little interaction with connie and wit where connie's like yeah jim kind of spoiled everything for me regarding you know the 60s i can no longer go out there and party and have a good time um and then, and then she's like, you know, it was really hard talking to him. I felt like he was still searching for something. I volunteered to go back there to spend time with, like, to help out at the at the house and and hopefully um, have a chance to tell him about about Jesus. Which I was like, I think that was really well portrayed in the episode of like. It's such a good Connie is, episode. It oh, it is a good Connie episode. <laughs> But, like, he is so, like, you get the idea that, that, that Jim is so mad at the world um, and, like, and truly, like, hopeless. Well, and yeah, and it's true that, like, when you invest in something and then you realize that that investment, one, not only didn't turn out to be what you thought, but it took everything from you, it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, nah nothing's good ever especially if you don't have some sort of external form of hope yeah yeah i just don't think they they validate that in his character very well or no. his at least his lines no which is all the show is <laughs> you don't think they validate the hopelessness well i don't think they uh attribute the reason for his hopelessness as explicitly as oh no but i think it's also I don't know. It also feels like kind of a half decent opportunity of Odyssey being like, we're not going to like over telegraph this. Like there isn't a scene where he's like, oh man, I just wish there were some higher power that I could rely on. But like through the conversations, I feel like you can get that sense so that when Connie makes that suggestion, it feels like, oh, good job 
Connie on, like, reading the situation and, like, coming up with a plan. And, like, actually doing something for the good of a person. And for the other people at this halfway house. Like, the fact that that Jim's whole thing was like, you know, I talked about all of this action, but in fact the actions we took just made things worse is a nice contrast to Connie being like, okay, let me take action in a way that will be positive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the problem with this episode is it, it kind of works sometimes. Mm-hmm. The message is just so muddled mm-hmm. that I am so frustrated by it. And it also, it feels like it's not coming out of a place of like, level-headedness genuinely one right it doesn't feel like it's coming at it from this place of like yeah you know let's talk about drugs or whatever it feels like it's coming at this place of like we hate the 60s here's why we're only gonna tell you about the bad stuff and just acknowledge that yeah maybe there was some good stuff and the point isn't that the 60s are bad but it is like it's just yeah. yeah winds up being a frustrating episode that falls short but i don't know no, it's it's set up to fail because it's built around right. a generalization and then right. you get into character has, analysis it just has and a bad that's the whole premise. point is that imagining people and lives complexly does not stand up to generalization it just doesn't work uh, yeah Especially I, uh, not in a 20-minute narrative radio show. Exactly, exactly. I feel like if this was a double or a triple, they could have uh, got a bit more nuance here. But uh, Yeah, maybe. Uh, 60-something, any? part two. Yeah. Coming yeah. Put, to... Put that out. Yeah. On the, uh, yeah. the OA club. No, 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 I want... I want... We need, we need 90-something. Ooh. Because it's been 30 years, focus. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's condemn the 90s. Don't and... romanticize Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> the internet has destroyed everything. Everybody is addicted to porn and Pokemon is from the devil. <laughs> Our business model is crashing. <laughs> Help. <laughs> There are just too many creative voices now that the internet has leveled the playing field. (laughs) Now that anybody can make a podcast, what's the point of our show? For our podcast. We got them. We Uh, will solely keep them employed. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's what I really want is I want Wad, the Wad Fam Chalk Pod to be the reason that Focus on the Family consider, continues to exist as a company. That's my goal in life. Yeah, no. That'd be pretty hilarious if you get there though. <laughs> really funny. If we, we get there, and Andrew, fell. we quit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the retire on top situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, anybody else got closing thoughts for this thing? Oh, I'm thought it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm about tapped on the, on my <laughs> on my commentary for sixty something. Well, thank you, thank you for coming in and talking about it, Nathan. When Andrew and I were throwing around episodes we could do, we were like, I mean, if we talk about sixty something, that's a Nathan episode, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine where you 
where you got that idea of me from, but uh, I'm glad you did. This was this was fun, and this uh, really raised my my dander for a while. I was not happy after listening to this episode. Do you know how much it takes to raise Nathan's dander? Yeah. Well, not much these days. Actually. No, no. My patience is wearing thinner by the day. But the world is kind of falling apart. Missing people. Yeah. Uh, um. Buddy, anything you wanna you wanna plug? Oh good heavens! Um, <laughs> follow me on Spotify, yay! Okay. Do you have a Do you have a name on Spotify or? Oh, Nathan or? Haverstick. It is all lowercase, all oh. one uh, all one word. Solid. And there will be a link in our in our description for you to for you to go do that. If they go there, will they find any '60s music? Uh, if they dig, you know. <laughs> if you, know. you dig. <laughs> It won't be you won't be digging too far. You might need like a like a plastic spoon to find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well thank you for for yeah, for doing this with us and thank you all for listening. Um and Andrew and I are gonna be back in a week to cover something new and exciting and i don't know are we are we talking about it now andrew or yeah just no we do it i say in? we drop it let's do it wait uh, is this information that i don't have already am i the audience surrogate here sure okay. yeah i don't i'll react don't. appropriately <laughs> so dylan so starting next week continuing basically through the rest of the year we are going to be covering the rydell saga Whoa! <laughs> wow. Now Nathan doesn't know what that means, but neither does an Andrew. Avid listener might. <laughs> so, so this is the most recent uh, Adventures in Odyssey, like years-long project. I don't know. Uh, that uh, yeah, with with a common thread, it just wrapped up in august the or july maybe the uh the episodes will be airing final episodes will be airing on the radio this fall um although we we do have it from some sources that there's one more in the work but it seems like eh, it's just gonna kind of be a yeah an extra episode so we do know about that don't add us about that one but we will be jumping in next week with the first episode of the rydell saga episode 802 parker for president so come along with us on that ride tell your friends andrew and i have genuinely no idea what to expect yeah this is gonna i be have nuts. <laughs> not but we have barely touched new odyssey um and i for one am really looking forward to d- getting way too deep into the analysis of this show yeah let's get it i'm excited a new saga for us to cover oh boy boy. so with that we will see you in a week here to talk about episode 802 parker for president bye guys bye bye wadfam chalk pod is a presentation of the lids podcast co-op this show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadfamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadfamChalkPod at gmail.com. 
60-something was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, with special guest Nathan Haverstick. It was edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.